Okay. Uh, are you feeling good to kick it off? Let's should we do it? Yeah. Okay. One second. Yeah. yeah. Do the thing. Okay. The that little ticker thing was on. Oh, I hate that. It's annoying. The uh, metronome or metronome? Mantra- metronome. Yes. Metronome. Come on down to the metronome. <laughs> Not as many gnomes there as you would think <laughs> from the name. Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's mm. damn. Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about film and TV that has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me, with gratitude and love, is my favorite human outside of, uh, you know, people that I live with, uh, David William Rogers. Oh, you are so kind and gorgeous and talented. <laughs> you might even be—you you know what? There, if there was a hierarchy, and depending on the day, like you might even surpass the people that I live with, just depending Ooh, on the slide day. In there. Yeah. yeah. So, well. David, for those that do mm-hmm. not know, we are—you know—a very dem- democratic podcast. I think you know we take it in turns choosing movies, and you chose today's movie. What are we talking about? We are reviewing the film. The Pelican Brief from 1993. It was written by John Grisham. It was a uh, a book he wrote. Screenplay by Alan J. Pakula, and it was directed by Alan J. Pakula. And it is a political thriller, which we have not done we yet. We have before. not done, and thank God that I have this booty sweat that I got back in Da Nang. You <laughs> left your booty sweat in Da Nang today, so I did. I did. It's just I'm, me and my booty sweat. Taking a few mm-hmm. days off. That's too bad because it's highly sweats. refreshing. Um, but yes, it looks refreshing. you are correct. We have not done a political thriller before, which is interesting because maybe we just got like burnt a little, little burnt out from political stuff. You know, like there was a lot going on in our lives recently. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because we don't see a lot of these movies these days. They're very true. popular in the 90s. Very popular. As far as grossing in the box office, popular, mm-hmm. made a lot of money. All of them are action-packed with a ton of different actors. Mm-hmm. A lot of big names that you'll recognize. But, yeah, we don't see too many of them. And I would actually like to see more political films. Maybe you can bring it, maybe we can bring it back and just say, you know what? Like, we want to get into the meat and bones of the politics. But before we get too far into talking about the context and all of that good stuff... I believe it is your turn to give us the little breakdown of what this film is for those the who haven't synops. seen it. The little synopsis. I'm going to give you a little bit of a synopsis. A synopsis. So, everybody, children, gather around. <laughs> the Pelican Briefs. All right. So, we got, this, we got this, this beautiful young lady. All right. And her name is Darby, played by Julia Roberts. And she's a, she's a law student in Tulane. She is dating her professor, and that's fine because they're both adults. But two Supreme Court justices get killed, right? And everybody's like, whoa, what's going on here? They got killed in the same night. They were assassinated. So Darby, Julia Roberts' character, says, hey, I'm going to you know, dig into this, see why these two people may have gotten killed. I'm going to come up with a theory. So she writes one up, doesn't like it, deletes it. She thinks it's silly because everybody else probably saw, thought the same thing. She does it again, shows it to her boyfriend slash professor, he takes it to one of his buddies, who's a lawyer for the FBI, and then this whole snowball effect happens. It's called the Pelican Brief, and it's called that because an environmentalist 
did a case against this uh, oil company who's trying to drill in these marshes for oil. And they shut it down because these pelicans and these other birds were being um, removed from this area and dying off. So that's why the Pelican Brief got its name. And then the snowball effect happened when Julia Roberts came out with this theory. It gets to the president, it gets to his staff, the FBI, the CIA, and this billionaire basically who owns uh, that oil company who's basically behind the assassination attempt which Julia Roberts figured out. And then you got Denzel Washington, whose name is... Gray. His name? Gray Grantham. Uh, Gray Grantham, yeah. And he's a reporter for the Washington Post. And they kind of click up together. And through, you know, they're being chased. Their lives are in danger. And they basically get all the truth out. You know, they're a couple of truth seekers. And they make things right with the world. And they get a little payback, you could say, yep. on the people that were... That threw him under the bus. That is a great synopsis. Good mm-hmm. job. It's and it's a dense one, and I think you did it well because this movie is like two hours and twenty minutes long. <laughs> so it's like a real twist and turn. I think like if you've read any John Grisham books, like you know that that's not like a you're not going to read that in one day. So the fact yeah. that this movie is so dense and goes through so many twists and turns I feel like it's a testament to the author and also the screenplay writer and I do apologize in the background you may hear some groaning uh we have a new foster dog his name is Buddy and he is available for adoption and we've never really gotten into my beating the drum about foster dogs but fostering dogs is the best thing ever um frequently in our episodes you will hear random grunts and barks and if you're interested in fostering highly recommend it David you've also dabbled you've had some foster nuggets come under your care a little bit and uh yes, we love it we love them yeah and uh yeah some some of those grunts are for me some of them and you know what some of them are for me also so i can just blame it on him but now that i've signposted yeah. it we can just go with that <laughs> just want to ask yeah you quick, go go have you read any john grisham books I think I have, but I was like looking through the list and off the top of my head, I can't remember. I know for a fact, this is gross, but we always had a couple in the toilet in like in the bathroom when I was growing up. So I feel like I've thumbed through a couple, but no, not to my mind that I've sat down and fully read cover to cover. Have you? Okay. I have. And it's basically because one of my favorite movies was A Time to Kill. Mm. And so John Grisham was on fire for a little Mm -hmm. bit. He had The Firm, Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. That came out in 93, just took off. He wrote that book in 91. Then he wrote The Pelican Brief in 92. Before he even finished it, um, our director, Alan J. Pakula, purchased yeah. it, the screen rights, for a million dollars. Based off like a little sample that he submitted or something, yeah, right? Yeah, and that, that movie came out in 93 as well, The um, Pelican Brief, which we're doing today. And I read, and then I think Time to Kill came out in 96. But he also had the movie called The Client. That was also, he wrote that in 93. Yeah. That was another great movie, if you haven't seen that one. So he was crushing He's it prolific. For, I mean, he's if you say yeah. the name John Grisham, I feel like you've heard of him. Even if you haven't yeah. read his books cover to cover, you know him. He has a, a friggin' library, basically. Yeah. I, I did read one of his books called Sycamore Row, mm-hmm. and it's basically... Um, the character from A Time to Kill, Jake Brigance, who played Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. in that movie, um, uh, like a landowner, a guy who owns a bunch of bunch of different businesses, he leaves his will to Jake Brigance after he commits suicide because he has like cancer, I think it was, mm-hmm. and he leaves all of his business and all of this money and land to uh, a lady who was a housekeeper for them, and then you come to find out that his family owned her family like back <gasps> in the day. 
So he left mm. just like generational wealth, not to his kids who are all like little assholes, but to her and her family because she like saw like all her family was Descended. pretty much enslaved, enslaved. by mm-hmm. by his family. Yeah, up you so know, it's, it's very. I do know, even though I haven't read all his books and stuff, I do know that he covers a lot of interesting and difficult topics. And this movie is no exception. Political corruption is something that's like, it's icky to think about. And this film is such a great um, way to wade through some of the bullshit. Like, you just see all these men in rooms having conversations and then something terrible happens. And it's like, literally what, like, to me, politics is. And I agree with you. I think... You know, in the 90s, we had like West Wing. We had all these shows that really, I I mean, I guess because I was fun stories. So Tony Goldwyn, I think his name is, who plays like the aide to the president. He ended up playing the president in this show, Scandal. um, Yeah, which is with uh, what's Kerry. Yeah, with Kerry Washington. So it's hilarious. Like he obviously can't get out of the Oval Office. Like his whole career is just (laughs) him like in these sets. But I do think, you know, there was a, a different way of looking at politics in the 90s and I want to jump into it a little bit more, but I'm glad you asked me and it makes me feel ashamed that I haven't read a lot of uh, John Grisham books. And my promise to you, David, before the end of 2021 is I will read at least one John Grisham book cover to cover. You can choose which one it is. Have you seen A Time to Kill? I don't think I have. Okay, so I would pick that one Mm. um, for you to read and then watch watch the movie. Awesome. We can do it as well. We can talk about it. Yeah, that'd be be great. uh, Okay, so first off the bat, had you seen this movie before we decided to watch it? I had seen it, I mean, years ago, Okay, right? 93, I probably saw this maybe a few years after it came mm. out when I was a young, younger guy. I, had, yeah. I, I may have seen like bits of it. Like my parents definitely were into movies like this, but this is my mm. first time sitting down and watching it. And I got to tell you, the first thing I thought was two hours and 20 minutes, like, is that terrible? Like my attention span <laughs> specifically after the pandemic also has like shrunk. I think where I was like, God, that's a long movie. Yeah. True. But I'm trying to get back to like, we've talked about going to the theater together yeah. and experiencing something like that. So I'm trying to get back to the mindset of, I don't need to check my social phone. media I don't every need to 15 pause it. minutes. Yeah. Exactly. So I just want to put that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I want to get into this world, get into the story mm-hmm. And just be in it, live in it. Because, so true. Yeah. You, and I just think this is a great one to do that because how how many things did you think of that are still like today that happened in this movie? The opening scene, right? Yes. Did you see all those picket signs? I actually wrote that down and I wrote down some of them. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because what it kind of showed us was not that there was like one central issue that they were protesting. Because I wrote down the one, some of the ones I saw, which is abortion is murder, fur is murder, and... Um, cure aids now so those are the three that like jumped out at me in the opening sequence typically and i just got the sense that like they were just protesting everything what was your read on that yeah so they're i think they're protesting everything too but it's kind of wild this last year we had in the last year and a half we went to a few different protests for a couple different things but yeah there's a aclu sign Mm -hmm. uh Honor Mother Earth, keep dolphins safe. Mm-hmm. Like you said, abortion is murder. Protect sacred sites. Mm-hmm. Handgun control. No justice, no peace. No um, justice, no peace. I saw you. No which I'm pretty sure you and yeah, I both have signs rights. that say no justice, no peace this year. <laughs> yeah, and then freedom, love, guns. So besides, uh, well, most of these probably still have that you could go do pickets yeah. uh, like right now, which is crazy yeah. because this is a 93 and they're no. doing this at the Supreme Court. We haven't solved and any. nothing's really changed. No. 
And yeah, I mean, and the division is still well, and that's some, that's rampant. something that I found very interesting because uh, I talk about with. Um, you know, you and I, I think, have, like, pretty aligned political views. We would probably call ourselves, you know, more on the left, like, very quite liberal. But I do have um, some friends who are more moderate, like, down the... I think they call them centrists in America. And the conversations I have with people who kind of identify more with being centrist is, like, that we're not having conversations anymore. We've Politically, a lot of people are so on the left or they're so on the right. And I think there is something to that discussion of, like, well, we don't talk about stuff anymore and I think it's the the judge that gets ended up getting murdered spoiler alert Rosenberg who says like all these people whipping up like you know everybody and to be against each other yeah he said he was talking about um Denzel Washington's like source in the White House that he quoted and Justice Rosenberg said got in there by uh stifing up all these people, one against each yeah. other, never fails to amaze me what a man will do to get an Oval Office. So We have seen that. That's 93. We have, fast see- forward. We have seen that yeah. firsthand. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, January 6th, 2021, we watched the news with mouths open, you know, like all of us, just like, what the yeah. fuck is going on? Which, if you don't know, if you've been living under a rock for the last seven, eight months, it was, what do they call it? Insurrection day when they stormed the Capitol. Yeah, stormed the Capitol. And it's yep. just crazy. And like, you know, I think you and I both have, I don't want to speak for you, but I have deeply held beliefs politically of things that I believe, you know, are very black and white. But I do think that there is a part of me that's like, I want to like reach out and talk to people and be like, let's like, how did you get to this point where you thought that was the right way to go you know that was okay yeah Yeah. so it's like and it's it's a lot of it like is misinformation and covering up and like it's all this stuff which i think this film kind of like talks about you know a lot of a lot of like secrecy and backhanded deals and like and you know like the the president's getting out in front of the stories and pushing your narrative and making sure you're you're taking it the way you want to take it i i was listening to a podcast actually earlier this morning on my drive home. And I want to see your thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. These these guys were talking about the conversation. When you get into a conversation, whether you're right-leaning, left-leaning, as soon as that conversation starts, you're pegging someone that you're talking to on what side they're that's on. That's true. You're right. Are they red or are they blue? Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's how they kind of framed it. And it kind of struck a chord to me that it's pretty yeah, – it's been so true for like the last eight, 10 years and it's in that division that we they were kind of talking about and you're saying oh what side are you on Mm -hmm. which is kind of ridiculous because we don't really have these conversations and it's not about the specific topic like we saw all those picket signs we could talk about you know um execution isn't a great that was one of the signs yeah just Mm -hmm. right and left people could have a conversation just on that topic but you could you could pick any of those picket signs from Mm -hmm. the first minute of the movie and and really like open up a can of worms with pretty much anyone you know but you could, but and you could. It might not push somebody to either side or the other. You might not say, "Well, this person has to be on this side," because mm-hmm. you may end up agreeing. But a lot of the times now, it's okay. How do they feel about wearing a mask? Oh, they must be right. on that side. You know, they're red, blue. So it's kind of interesting where we're going. And I think honestly, like someone as a foreigner, and I'd be so curious to hear from other listeners who don't live in America, because as you know from our metrics, we're able to see people, you know, listening to us from around the world, and it's. It's amazing. Like we we have random listeners in the most interesting countries. Like shout out to our listeners in in Belgium who keep showing up every episode. I think it's like <laughs> two people, but I see you and I appreciate you. Um, but like I would say, for me as an Australian, 
I think that the, the, you know, the left, the right, the blue, the red thing, it's pretty American. Like not, not fully because I think Australia is going through its own situation where there is like more of a conservative leaning side and there's more of a liberal leaning side. And we typically see in Australia, and I know it's the same in the U S like the coastal cities will typically be on the more like liberal, um, uh, I don't know how to say this, but you know, like there's different concerns depending on where you Mm -hmm. live in the world. But I think America, and this is someone, me, I've lived in like six countries now that's very like that's the narrative like yes like you said you're either this or you're this and a big part of that is just the leadership the people mm-hmm. that we elect and they all the platforms that they that run on cycle well they they keep the cycle going yeah. and none of them want to say all right let's let's kind of reset yeah and change this trajectory of what this country's doing. It's like, nah, let's just keep saying, fuck you on that side, fuck you on that side. <laughs> well, and one thing I've noticed too, especially in America, and this could be the fact that you and I live in LA, where it is, you tend to find more people, you know, in the arts and being a little bit more like open to certain things or, you know, thinking a certain type of way. Like, I think we've insulated ourselves a little bit with the people that are around us. So then when we meet people who have different ideologies to us, it's very like confronting because pretty much everyone I talk to now, you know, has very similar sort of thoughts to me. And then when you go outside of LA, you're like, oh, hang on a second. Like maybe I've been living in a little bit of a bubble. Yeah. And it's good to have conversations with other people from different backgrounds and different walks of life that think differently and not just wait for your turn to talk and say why they're wrong but actually why does this person feel this way right and I think it is interesting to like drill down to the root of like why somebody believes a certain type of thing and typically it's either in my opinion it's either like something generational or it's something situational so like you know someone who's in a a very different situation outside of the city is like more concerned with blah 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 whatever it is you know Mm -hmm. so it is it is interesting but yeah, you, you bring up a great point. Like, this movie challenges us to think about politics. And I don't think I've really watched a political movie in a while that I was like, Because huh. why did these two Supreme Court justices, why were they assassinated? Because of one thing they agreed right. on. Right. Well. The environment. The environment. Well, Yes, but also it was, it's interesting as well that you point that out because we've recently had two new Supreme Justices elected, right, in America? Mm-hmm. And it's like the timing was everything. And we saw that with the last two election, uh, with the last two Supreme Court positions, because those are positions you hold until you die, right? Yeah, which is what happened. Right. And so, with, in th- uh, with Ginsburg. right. And in this movie, we have two ailing, one's ailing, one's just old. And yeah, they get they're telling them to cut off the right. oxygen, some of those things. And they get bumped off and Denzel or someone, I forget who says it in the film, but they're like, you know, they were so close to just going of natural causes. And it was like, yeah, but we might have a new president at that point. Just just the one, just Rosenberg mm. was close to going. Mm. The other one they killed because that was his one thing that he had in common, that he protects the environment over everything else. Was he And he was I think he was leaning more towards you know, uh, what? What's the bad guy's name? The millionaire, my uh, Matisse. Shit. Matisse, yeah, he was probably more leaning to more like business capitalism, but at not at the expense of the environment. Right. So that's why they knocked off because he he wasn't that old. Right? right. Is he the one that was in the that's killed in the, the movie cinema? Theater, yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That was interesting. That was a little confusing to me in the film. And I think my problem, and I rewatched it again before we recorded today, there were a lot of characters in this film, which I find confusing. And especially if they all kind of look similar and have like similar ish names. Yeah. That's I true. had to keep like remembering like what storyline I'm following. Like, and the castings, right? Yeah. Law firm guys, CIA yeah. guys, <laughs> FBI guys. They are They're all kind of like tall white all guys. All the same casting. You know? Yeah, exactly. I know. I feel like maybe it would have um, been a little bit more <laughs> easy to follow if like there was a little bit of diversity, which. What I've been doing recently is I'll watch it once. I try to at least watch these movies twice before we jump on, but I'll watch it once. And then the second time I'll watch it with subtitles. Oh, interesting. Because then just, it says the name uh, of who's talking. It says the names, and then I may get like a line wrong ah. if I'm just kind of watching it and be like, oh, what did they yeah. say? But it's spelled out right there, and I'm like, oh, shit. And that's how I found that uh, that Justice Rosenberg quote about you know getting people one against each other. That's how they get in. <laughs> no, 100%. I think that's a great strategy to have the subtitles on because – Sometimes the dialogue as well can be really fast paced or you miss something crucial. I think this movie was extremely well laid out in terms of like the things that we discovered. I, I read Roger Ebert's view, review of it. Um, love when he was still alive reviewing these movies. Like love to read his thoughts because, you know, he obviously review, reviewed them in real time. But he said that it was a film that kept a lot of the details close to the chest, which I like because I think some filmmaking these days is like, really spelling out like this is the bad guy this is the thing you know what i mean and in this one you're just like what is going on like what is going to happen next part of that is our attention span as an audience if these people aren't feeding it to us now we're just like oh this movie's stupid slow (laughs) slow (laughs) such a dumb movie right it's like wait where are you paying attention no and if you and the problem is if you don't pay attention in this film if you have your phone you will miss details because it can be yeah but I do think the diversity in casting also makes it a little complicated. You're like, oh, that slightly blonde tall guy? Which one was he again? Did he work for the CIA? Or was he like yeah. this? Or yeah. Or is he a lawyer? Is he a lawyer? Is he FBI? It's like, put these people in different uniforms. Or just, yeah. Make, give me a- have CIA uniforms. Have lawyer uniforms. Right. Give me a color scheme <laughs> situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this film, like from the color perspective, I felt like it was very 90s. Like the muted tones... The, the offices, it was very interesting, like especially watching more stylized film now. I saw that they used blue in almost every scene. Interesting. I didn't, and didn't that they kind of used like a, like a filter because it made it more intriguing oh, interesting. on the characters' faces. Yeah. The, the chemistry between our lead actors, so fun fact, so our lead actors in this, if you, if you look at the poster, you'll see it. It's Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts fantastic chemistry on screen I thought I mean both actors stellar they do not appear on screen together until minute I think it's one hour and eight minutes which I saw which I was like that's pretty rare these days like usually if you have two A-list stars um, in a film you kind of like get them together sort of earlier right right away yeah Yeah. because that's like that's the money I did read that John Grisham really wrote this role for Julia Roberts and she was like in and he kind of like stayed out of all the production stuff when he was like selling his books to whatever to be turned into films. But he was like, I really want Julia Roberts to do this. Yeah, he wrote Darby's character with Julia Roberts in mind. And she jumped on to the movie without even reading the script. She just read the book. And I, I did read that she had had like a two year hiatus previous to this. So previously. Yeah. It's- did you see that in the in the book, Julia Roberts 
character Darby and uh, Grantham had a love interest. I did see that, and I'm actually I'm curious to hear your thoughts, but personally, I'm excited that they kept it out of that, because out of the film, because I don't think every movie needs to have... There was certainly a tension that I think you picked up on the film, but mm-hmm. I don't think you need to have like a sex scene or a romantic tryst in every single movie. I agree with you 100% if it wasn't for the reason why they cut it. Oh, tell me. And if this is true or not. Um, so I saw that Julia Roberts wanted to keep it in and that Denzel didn't because stating that his audience of black women weren't ready for an interracial romance. How interesting. So like I, I, I it totally works the way it is. You're, you're 100% correct. Mm-hmm. And I like you don't just have to make everybody fall in love in every movie. So I liked it. They still had that connection. They both went through something traumatic. They were both truth seekers. Yeah. And they, they saw the whole thing through. But to say, like, oh, I don't think black women are ready for interracial romance. Like, at the in time, like, so that's Denzel. That's what I'm saying. Denzel's mindset is like, well, I don't know if this is going to work because wow. people don't probably either side don't want to see us together. And it might not work. No way. I think that would be super hot. And I think we should contact yeah. them and say, like, you guys need to do a new movie together where there's <laughs> deeply romantic connection. Sorry, yeah. I just got this booty. Sweat. <laughs> Dick and Danae. Mm. So you said this in the beginning. You said uh, that you didn't think it was a problem that Julia Roberts' character was dating her lecturer. And that is actually something I wrote down on my problematic list and i was curious why like so do you think that that because she's an adult i'm in the camp yeah is there a, is there a, dy- a power dynamic yes but she's she's an adult it's true to, it wasn't like a high choices. school student teacher situation yeah. which would have been i don't even think if she's an undergrad like she's a she's a law student a continuing law student she's 24 so. about to turn 25 because she says he would have wanted me to see my 25th birthday when things mm-hmm. get dangerous Excuse me, burping from my booty sweat. Um, but no, I did. I wrote that down. I think it's pretty uncool for a university lecturer to have a, and also because he was like so much older. And also to that point, he meets up with his friend and he's like, "Yeah, I've been distracted or something." And his friend's like, "How old is she this time?" So he clearly has like a pattern of yeah, dates, dating his students, yeah. which is. But then he asks weird. for a picture, and he's like, "What? Well, she's not a dog." Right. I don't just keep pictures around this, you know, it's his girlfriend. Right. Right. It's still funny. Like it was just, I mean, the character, the, uh, I think his name's Thomas Callahan, the professor, he's a deeply mm. flawed person and he knew Sam Shepard. Yeah. He knew the, the judge and he's like really sad about it. And he was going to write a book about him and stuff like this. Um, he is clearly a recovering alcoholic or a failing to recover alcoholic. And, he I don't know there was just a lot about that character that I thought was really problematic because he sort of says like where were you I missed you and this is the 90s obviously so he can't text her she just doesn't go to class and they don't see each other but I was like man this friggin professor is banging his students and like basically being like you're the reason I need to stay sober like that's a lot of pressure on a 24 year old well that too and I mean he's a depressive Mm mm-hmm so something set him off and he started drinking again. Well, and that was something that... Uh, and so, the yeah, the Supreme Court justice died. Right. And, and he's like, I got real thirsty. Yeah. yeah. And Julia Roberts goes and she writes the brief and she's doing her thing. And that's why he's like, oh, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, where like, were oh, you? sorry, I didn't contact yeah. you. But also, it's, it's uh, this is something that aged like milk for me was uh, she meets up with him at the restaurant 
So again, there's massive spoilers in this. So please skip this part if you don't want to hear. But <laughs> he is at the bar. He's drinking. He's drunk. He's like clearly broken his sobriety. They go towards the car. She's like, give me the keys. He won't. And then she's like, fine, then I'm going to walk. And he, <laughs> this is, I wrote this down. He gets in the car. He can't start the car. And she sort of, he stops and he goes, you know, like says something nice to her. And she smiles and waves. And I was like, she's smiling and waving to him. And she fully knows that he's wasted and is like getting in this car. I was like, that's not cool. I'm not blaming her, but I was like, come on, yeah. come on, Julia. So what should she have done? Well, we now know if she had taken the keys off him and driven him home, she would have died because there was a car bomb. That's the spoiler alert. Sorry, everyone, if you didn't skip far enough. But like, (laughs) uh, you know, there's a lot of people around because it's New Orleans. That was also something that like I think shook me coming out of the pandemic. There's just like hundreds of people around each other. I was like, (laughs) did you watch that and feel like anxious? Like all those people like shoulder to shoulder. I was like, oh God. Not really. Cause (laughs) even during the pandemic, I'd seen some places that were still full going. But I'm like, this guy's wasted. She's smiling and waving. And I texted David earlier. I was like, I think Julia Roberts is such a babe with her slow smile and her big hair. Like that was the draw of Julia Roberts in the nineties. She would do this Mm. like slow smile. She does it. He's in the car. (laughs) Then he explodes. But I was like, and her reaction was, Oh, she, the acting, it's not an easy thing to do. No, she does. To have that kind of reaction to watch somebody explode. Yeah. Yeah, she's very, I, very I feel like in the nineties, more people died from car bombs. I don't think I've seen a movie recently where that's like, something to be afraid of but i do remember as a kid being like oh shit this happens all the time they weren't good car bombs either no you really had to turn that try to turn that engine over and then she it wasn't just a click boom it was a kink 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 kink, because that's how they set it up with her and denzel in that parking garage that's that's something that edged to me well not even edge just was stupid you know you're being chased probably by billionaire lawyers and their assassins. goons. Assassins. And then assassins, CIA, FBI, whoever. Oh, let's go park in the parking garage. Right. <laughs> it took my eyes off like the car, the, but it's probably fine. Yeah, on the fourth or fifth floor. Yeah. Instead of, you know, let's park somewhere busy <laughs> on the street, like in a grocery store. Okay, if we're talking about <laughs> stupid things. There's a part earlier on where she suspects that she's being chased, and she's in an elevator, and she gets out, and she's running. And I was like, bitch, just get off on a random floor and run somewhere else, you know, and hide. Yeah. And then she runs through the kitchen, and she's, like, knocking people over. Just stop someone in the kitchen and be like, hey, this guy's trying to fucking kill me. Instead of just running to the deserted part. Wasn't it the same thing in the streets Mm -hmm. in New Orleans? She took a while for actually to say, she actually ran into somebody and then said, help me. And then he beats him up. Yeah. If you just start screaming, everybody's attention goes to that person. Yeah. Yeah. I know, so. but it wouldn't have worked in the film. But yeah, no, 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 the, no. yeah. If your car's not turning over and you're already a little bit suspicious, maybe just leave yeah. it for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Take a bird. Yeah, take a bird. <laughs> they don't have birds. <laughs> they don't have birds. <laughs> now a word from our first sponsor. Yeah, we wish. Okay, bird. <laughs> we'll talk to you. Um, yeah, and okay. So there's only a couple of things from this movie that like I really like jumped in, and I just wanted to talk about it with my bestie, yeah. but. Um, this is so dumb. Denzel goes to the diner and he orders a coffee with three sugars. And I was like, three sugars? Like, what the fuck are we doing now? That was like the only, the, like I was, it's funny. This movie is so well crafted and so well put together. The story, there was just a couple things like the running away, like the car bomb. And then like he sits down and has this like 
all this is coffee with three sugars. I was like, oh, my like 2021 brain was like three. Sh- what about diabetes? He, He's like, come on. He likes his coffee. He likes like he likes his lemon. <laughs> Black and sweet because we ain't ready Black for interracial nothing. Exactly. No, nah, that was a great character too. The janitor that he was friends with, the the insider. Yeah, his like insider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slipping him info. Yeah, that was cool how they set it up too. Yeah, and they caught him on the escalator. Yeah. And he told him about the... Yeah. yeah. I, I like and I liked that well. character because he was pretty much the only other non-white character in them. And they had like a great rapport. Yeah. Everyone else, I yeah. couldn't tell the difference. But I saw that guy and I was like, I know who he is. He's the janitor from the thing. Yeah. But exactly. yeah. The the acting in this was amazing. Um, great dialogue too, I thought. Like really tight. But I, I guess that goes back yeah, to... Yeah, because the John Grisham worked as a lawyer for a while, mm. right? I didn't know that, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. He worked as a lawyer for a little bit. Um, he practiced law for about 10 years, specializing in criminal defense. Damn. And personal injury. And he was elected to the Mississippi House of Representatives in 83, served till 1990, and then he gave up his practice to write full-time. Good for him. I love. We yeah. love a good success story. What did you think about uh, Stanley Tucci playing a character named Kamal? Kamal, uh, I liked it because, I mean, <laughs> you probably want to... <laughs> maybe uh where was where was he supposed to be from cast a little bit different but he was an assassin so he was like a terrorist yeah yeah the c which the cia hired so it's uh it's pretty interesting but he he, it was kind of cool how he slipped into those different characters to be an assassin but the another thing that stuck out to me is when he strangled that guy oh it's so quick i don't know you could just die like that quickly yeah and you're just going to do it in a crowded theater. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't crowded because it was like a porno theater, yeah. but there's still a bunch of other people in there. Yeah. And he just slips off a rope off his belt and strangles him and then just walks out. Eating popcorn. Yeah, he was... Nobody saw He that. was meant to be like the faceless, like aggressive killer, you know. Um, yeah, slide in, slide out undetected. Listen, I'm going to say something right now that you can agree or disagree with me, but I think Stanley <laughs> Tucci can still get it. He could extra get okay. it in this movie. He can still get you know, it. He's... He's a bald man. That's fine. I love a good notice. bald man, you know? But I'm in saying. this film, he has hair, he's which one of ours. I also like. He's one of ours. <laughs> you know who he's married to is Emily Blunt's sister. Did you know that? I did not know that. So at Christmas time, it's Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Stanley Tucci, and Stanley. Like, they, I saw like an, a, a video. Yeah. That'd be a fun That's family solid. Christmas. That is. Yeah, no, I think he can get it. He's a, he's a great actor. Uh, great actor. Libby and I... A few months ago, I watched Easy A, mm-hmm. and he was uh, the, the dad, dad in that. Mm-hmm. He's got range. Mm-hmm. He's he's a great actor. I think he's in The Devil Wears Prada. He, like he's you know, which is not as deep of a movie as this necessarily. Although <laughs> depending on who you ask, but no, I think yeah. he's hot. I just think it's funny. Like, yeah, it was like a sea of like sort of white guys, and then we had Stanley Tucci playing Kamal, which I sort of assumed yeah. this could be a totally wrong assumption, but he was meant to look. He had like a weird accent in the beginning, if you remember. Yep. But I think he was just throwing that around. Though. Okay. That's what I was because, wondering. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was practicing different accents. I'm sorry. He, he wasn't hired by the CIA. He was hired by the law, the law firm. That's what I thought. When you said CIA, I was yeah, like, well, yeah. there's me again but missing it. Because <laughs> it at the, When Julia Roberts getting sat down in that uh, interrogation room with the FBI, mm. he says that, that the CIA hired Kamal, but that wasn't true. They were throwing the throwing law. F- the law firm did. Yeah, he was saying like he was a specialist. Remember, they told her that he um, was there to like probably observe her and potentially protect mm. her. 
because he got shot in the head when they were walking mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't true. He was about to kill her yeah, himself. Yeah, he had a gun inside yeah. his belly. So the, like the FBI was holding that information. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. The whole premise is that she writes this, like, theory out, this, like, essay, essentially, or whatever. And it scares everybody in the government so much. Like, to me... That's something that aged like milk because now we've got so many like theories and bullshit like on the internet that like it's hard to sift through. Them, I don't think right? well, I don't think one thing would really like catch the attention, right? Of everybody, yeah. or what do you mean? But so like Frontline, she says Frontline did a story about it, and that guy killed himself, right. Jeffrey Epstein himself, yeah. <laughs> as yep. you could say. And um, <laughs> one might that's say how, that's that's like it stuck in her head. Yeah. And then what do these people have to, have to gain? What do the two Supreme Court justices have in common? And then, you know, it came up with it. And then it was like, oh, shit. But now to, nowadays, like the powers that be, you, you, I don't really think they have to kill somebody. Because like you said, there's so much out there. They can probably just throw a couple other yeah. conspiracies out there. And then unless somebody has real hard evidence, they'll just let people talk about it for a week. And then it goes It'll away. It'll be like a cause something yeah, else pops smear up. campaign or like, yeah, they dig yeah. up some shit on them or... Yeah, there's enough crazy people out there sort of spouting random stuff. You know, everybody's got a theory these days. I shouldn't what? I shouldn't say crazy people because some of these things are probably true. How do you feel about uh, the media and whistleblowers? So Julia Roberts is technically a whistleblower here. And then Denzel's character in the media. Right. And, you know, both truth seekers. I've personally never had a problem with whistleblowers. And I I, I guess I don't really understand the American, like, fear, like, with Snowden. Okay, so here's a fun story. I lived in Hong Kong at the time that Snowden escaped to Hong Kong. Um, And I remember I was on university holidays. I was home visiting my mom. And someone was like, oh, we spotted Snowden at whatever the fuck hotel he ended up, you know, hiding at. And it was a big deal. It became like a a media frenzy. And I know that he's kind of persona non grata, right? Like people, yeah, I mean, I know that that other people have strong feelings about whistleblowers. I personally think that that's very brave to like say something. I don't know what you think. I agree 110% because... Maybe he gave up some information that the government didn't want out there. But if you're not shedding a light on some of these things, it may never come out. Right. So I commend I don't understand people that will what, sacrifice. Why do you think people have truth. problems with whistleblowers? I think it's mainly the government because okay. they want to control information. Right. Or like a business, like a whistleblower at a business. They want to control information. They don't want somebody in their company going out and putting a bad light on their company. So they want to control right. whatever narrative that is. So they want to, we're going to release a little bit of information, but it's going to be like a, a, a drippy faucet, right? And we'll just put a little bit out there and we're going to say what we feel about it. And, oh, we apologize for this. So, cause and with, it's not like, holy shit, look at what this company With Snowden, did. wasn't it Obama at the time that was like, you know... He's in big trouble. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. But it's because of the intelligence agencies Mm. saying, like, look at what this guy did. He was a contractor for us, and he took this info, and he let it out. And now these people are compromised, or this platform that we set up and we were going to do this project is now compromised, stuff like that. But it's because, again, that's taking power away from them mm. and control hmm. on, and it's like throwing a, a wrench in what they what they had planned, basically. Which I think this movie 
you know, like it just goes to show that like, yeah, the, the, like she's a law student, right? Like the, the every man or the every woman can blow open these secrets that like are so closely guarded. And I think that the film really does shed a light on stuff that's still happening today where it's like big business over things like environment people care about like you know and it's very backhanded and it's billionaires and yeah I mean watching a movie like this is kind of depressing in some ways because we're still seeing the same stuff that's happening today (laughs) but uh yeah I think it's interesting to see it in like a scripted version because you're like oh is this almost 30 years old yeah I mean it'll be 30 (laughs) years old what in like two years in a couple two years yeah the same stuff same stuff still happening it's like misinformation (laughs) and blah 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 it's fucking crazy so I do think everybody should see this film because I do think it's um interesting it is long if you have a short attention span but I do think it's like a good film to watch to kind of understand the political system a little bit and like I mean, do you, but do you think that, like, the CIA and FBI, like, disappears people like this? Like, okay, that was one thing. So so the Supreme Court justices get, like, fucking murdered, two of them, in the same day or week or whatever. Like, that's intense. I think, you know, there's ways to do it that wouldn't be so suspicious. I feel like if that happened, wouldn't there have been more media frenzy around it? I know they kind of – there was, but – Yeah, I agree. Like, and that would be, like, a holy Rosenberg shit. Rosenberg was – Rosenberg was older. If he's such a good assassin, he can make a like he passed away in his sleep for Rosenberg. Right. Cut and off the oxygen, if, like the sign said. If our yeah, if our other guy had a certain kink, right, that he was in that porno theater, he could have done something like that where you know he something did wrong. some sort of strangulation or something. But it looked like yeah. he did it. So it was a little suspicious. Stanley wasn't the best assassin. And then the car exploding. Like, <laughs> it was a lot of, like, red flags where I think the American public yeah. would be like, hang on a second. Yeah, especially yeah. especially back then yeah. when they didn't have social media and all that yeah. stuff. They'd be like, wait, 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 wait a wait, second. And then it's wild that the FBI uh, listened to the president and said, all right, back off on this. Yeah. And he said, okay, which is... Yeah, it's a uh, it's a deep. But that I I bet that stuff happens all the time, and I guarantee it happened last administration. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, just uh, kill that story for yeah. me, right? But like, it's just so crazy the way that information is like trickled to us because, I mean, we've been so busy, but like, they were like, yeah. So anyway, UFOs are real. And that was, like, not even, like, a front-page news, you know? It was kind of like, wait, sorry, we don't have the mental capacity to deal with that right now, you know? Like, if they'd released that in the 60s, when people were, like, in the height of the UFO craze, can you imagine? When they were doing acid? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and they had more focus. Right. Uh, The thing that upsets me, and it's it's been like this for a while, ever since I was old enough or wanted to comprehend the news and the news cycles, is that... I have to go to work. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to do all this stuff for my life, right? I can't consistently be looking into a story, right? I shouldn't have to be, as a a citizen, being the one that has to be like, oh, pointing fingers at our government Mm -hmm. to keep them accountable. Like, no, you fucking assholes did this. Look at what we found. And look at what this person found. Mm -hmm. It should be like... something's got to it's exhausting i mean it is exhausting we We can't like well look at like you know the aclu is like carrying a lot of the burden of like 
the Black Lives Matter stuff. Like you and I were protesting quite a bit last year. Um, we were out there showing support. You know, we. I was like, it was a fucking overload of information. You know, like I don't live mm-hmm. with that every day. You do. You are black. Um, but now it's like we've kind of like eased up on it a little bit. I know, like you know, I'm not protesting every single day, which I was for a time peacefully I may add um Mm -hmm. but it's true like it's it's sort of like you take your eye off it It, there's other issues too at the moment like whatever it is like you know equal rights for people and you take your eye off it for a second and it feels like the media attention dies down and and then you don't see the same charges like I think I was looking on Instagram and they were saying you know like last year remember when like in the height of the Black Lives Matter movement everybody was patronizing um black businesses everybody was pushing people forward it was all about like let's get inclusive let's do this let's do that and now it's a year later and do we see the same fire we don't you know and that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of on me and you at the grassroots level but like you said we have to go to the grocery store we have to like fucking live our lives and there are organizations where they keep the heat at 100 the whole time but yeah yeah. but it's also should be our elected officials who campaign on i'm going to make a change then fucking do it so I don't have to be sitting on top of you. Right. And I don't got to check in with you. I don't have to get a, a thousand people to call your office. That's because what... you fucked up. You've misstepped. Like, do what you said you were going to do. That's what no justice, and no that's peace our political means, system. You know? Well, I just think our, our political system is a little faulty right now. Yeah. And some of these leaders need to Well, it's sit it's like or... you don't you take their feet away from the fire. Well, they like they do like you know, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Like there's just this like Mm -hmm. disconnect where if they get caught, like with the Pelican brief, they're like, Oh shit. Sorry. Like, Oh yeah, we were totally (laughs) going to turn this nature into a fucking oil field or whatever the hell. And, um, yeah, I'm with you though. It it does get exhausting, but that's why I think we sort of have to take it in turns, like carrying the baton, like, you know, you pick your thing and you really campaign for it. And I think the environment which kind of is at the center of this, which they don't talk too much about it. I mean, it is like the Pelican brief is the thing they don't really, Mm. it's not really like what I would call an environmental film necessarily. They just kind of mention it in passing, but like we all kind of do have to pick our thing and then just like really campaign for it. And I think the environment is a huge one. um, Obviously. Yeah, I mean, we only got so far as we know until the aliens reveal themselves. We only Which have I'm this very one, excited for. this one planet. <laughs> yeah, right? until they're like, come through this wormhole with us. Um, and it's funny, too, that these billionaires like have their own space race mm-hmm. when we they could be filtering that money into like desalination for fresh water. What is a problem? It's like, ah, no, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's see if we can get to Mars first right. instead. What is a problem? But. Natural resources, habitats, like we're going to lose animals, we're going to... You know, I recently became aware that like lithium is a huge problem. I was having this discussion this past weekend where, you know, everybody's so psyched about um, electric vehicles, which is great from this perspective of like, we won't be burning fossil fuels. But did you know that lithium is destroying South America? Like it's literally sucking the water from beneath, you know, people's feet. And it just feels like we can't win, you know, like you do one good no. thing and then you, something else <laughs> terrible happens. Like this alternative yeah. fucks up this thing and this and this. It's like as the, as the everyman, like you and I were just like, oh, God, like just can I just do the right thing and just tell me what to do, <laughs> please? Uh, like, nope. Uh, sorry. The thing you guys worked on for three years, you're actually causing. More yeah, you're actually. Than... No, no, you're saving the environment. But you're fucking over this native tribe. So good yeah, job. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, great, yeah. great. No, it's true. Yeah. There's this. uh we got to do this movie called PCU eventually. It's called Political 
uh, correct university. Yeah. Like and it's, it's Jeremy Piven. It's so it's just like a satire of all this. Stuff, oh, you know, just all these people and picketing for different causes. And that's why we love yeah. movies because they like you know mm-hmm. force you to think. I think that's you know you and I aren't gonna solve any of these problems, and anybody listening to this is not gonna like figure out what the problem with American politics is. But like it's important to raise these questions to say like what the fuck, guys? Like come on, mm-hmm. and also to keep remembering that like yes, we have to keep politicians. Uh, like honest like we elected them um like just just don't kill people with car bombs okay like can we just yeah but, but just then you like, see a movie like this that's 30 years yeah and we're we're like wait so they're we're dealing with shit that our parents dealt with yeah and so our grandparents really yeah nothing's really changing yeah it's been pr- so it's, then it's, at that point it's pride month and like i saw a sign that said like you know, I've been protesting this since the 60s. Like, I'm getting tired. It's true, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I don't have an answer, but... I, we need a reset, I think. Yeah. So let's start over. Yeah. Let's start with the... The UFOs? You know, we'll, we'll have a lock-in at, <laughs> yeah. the, at the gymnasium, and we'll all just figure this out. Uh, we'll just write a paper. I'll be a law student. <laughs> Blow <laughs> Um, I do have a couple fun facts for you about this film. Yeah. I'm sure you have some too. Um, Paul Rudd yeah. named his daughter after Julia Roberts' character, Darby, mm. which is super cute. Great name. It is a great yeah, name. Great Darby name Shaw. Um, Darby Shaw. Uh, Greg, to Greg Grantham, the, the character, Denzel Washington actually went and spent time at the Washington Post with the editors and reporters to get into the character for this, which is cool. I don't know if actors mm. still do that. Do they still go like... Hey, um, Julia Roberts did too. Oh. She uh, spent time. Oh yeah, that's right. She went to the law school, law school. Tulane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of the extras were Tulane law students in this movie. Yeah, so that's interesting because, uh, I, yeah, like, do you think actors still do that now? Do they still go like learn stuff? I feel like I remember. I think they do. I know some of those movies in the early two thousands, like the military movies, mm-hmm. like Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. Some of those movies, like that, um, a lot of them went to boot camp. Oh, a lot okay. of the actors went to like military boot camp, mm-hmm. just to kind of get in that mindset, see what they go through. So I think yeah, it, it all depends on the actor. If you're a method actor and you want to actually experience walk a mile in someone's shoes, so you can actually represent them mm-hmm. and have them like correctly live through you mm. then you're gonna have to do some of that stuff yeah totally it's not like uh like kevin costner sleeping at a four thousand dollar a night hotel instead of living on his boat <laughs> for water world <laughs> yeah for oh boy well, that was a that was something disappointing to learn like guy yeah, you had the yeah. opportunity to be so in character and you didn't oh well fuck you um mm. with love yeah. and respect obviously kevin um <laughs> So I also read that the character of Grey Grantham was supposed to be white in Grisham's novel. Um, So I'd be curious to hear from the casting people about how they got Denzel involved because I think he did a phenomenal job. And I think it was also very interesting to have that dynamic. Not that like his race really plays any sort of part in the character, but kind of like he was kind of an outsider. So it was like interesting casting. Yeah, but an outsider as just his profession, Mm. not his ethnicity although he was when you looked at the washington post like reporters i think he was one of the only people of color in that room right true but watching their dynamic i just think that his his background ethnicity didn't even hit the scale for me right? right it didn't do anything for me he was just 
who he was. In-depth reporter. Yeah, he was going to try to get every lead he can. He said that he would he had been to jail for not uh, mm. giving up one of his sources. Hmm. He says that on the phone yeah. to that guy that keeps calling. Yeah, Garcia. Um, so but I, that's not his wrong. Yeah. So to me, it was just. Denzel, this reporter guy, and then Julia Roberts. Like, there was no really mention of his Race. ethnicity, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I always think it's interesting to see, like, if they do decide to have, like, diversity casting. Like, this was something I read the other day. I was like, how come all the police chiefs are black? You know, there's always, like, a black police chief. And, no, you're right. I mean, Denzel was the right casting for this. He brought, like, such a chemistry to this role. He brought such a, like, a thoughtfulness but um mm. yeah it was it was interesting definitely to think about the casting choices especially if john grisham specifically wrote this for julia roberts and then like wrote the main character as a white guy i'm curious yeah. i would be so curious to hear how that sort of came together um casting oh, Denzelly. they got yeah. denzel but yeah those were kind of my fun facts did you have anything else yeah one um parts of the soundtrack were reused for apollo 13 oh Oh, great movie yeah. as well. Very sad. Mm-hmm. Very sad movie. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I th- talked about a couple of the other ones earlier on. Yeah. So, if you were going to shout somebody out in this film, it's a village, takes a village, who were yeah. you thinking? So, as a, you know, to jump on what I just said, I'm going with James Horner, oh. who did all the sound and the music and the score for this movie. And he's been nominated for like seven different Oscars. He won two mm. in 98 for Titanic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he did Field of Dreams. He was a nominee for a BAFTA for Avatar, nominee for BAFTA for Braveheart. So this guy's just been crushing it. So crushing. James Horner, uh, we see you and appreciate you and all those all those suspenseful piano keys you were <laughs> clicking as they're running through garages. <laughs> you really made oh, it. Oh boy, we see you what and a, we appreciate yeah. you. What about you? Okay, so I'm going with in the casting department again, sort of what I was talking about. Well, I was watching this film and I was like, Jesus Christ, there are so many extras in this film. And I don't know if people know this. I would be so keen to have someone from extras casting. Casting extras is like a whole other like job right so you have your main casting people and then you usually you outsource to local casting i saw it on the film i worked on which is called sweet girl coming out august 20th 21 2021 there's my little plug i start i'm gonna plug. i'm gonna start talking about this movie because i'm really excited about it coming out i actually saw a cut um secretly which was amazing Ooh, nice. but i want to shout out kimberly Skyrmy. Skyrmy. she was an extras casting um person it's not an easy job because you literally have to get so many people. If you've ever been an extra in a film or if you want to be an extra in a film, it's not super amazing money. I think it's probably very interesting and you go and you show up. But like, David, there were so many extras in this movie. Like all the people in New Orleans, all the people um, at that like fair that they were at. Like everybody there yeah. was, you know, this. they don't shoot this like, hey, just walk through this thing. Like it's huge. You know? $45 million budget. Lots of people involved. In 93, so that's a, yeah, some bigger sets. Lots of especially people. Especially outdoors. Yeah. yeah. So she's done some random stuff. Um, she's done Grey Angel Journals, In the Black, House of Cards. Like, so she's, you know, been doing extras casting. Um, I think she's also a producer and a writer. Um, but Kimberly, we see you and we appreciate you. 
there were so many people in this movie. I can only imagine how crazy it was because extras casting people have to like call everybody and be like, you're going to be there, right? Like, this is the time. Wear this, like blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So see you and we appreciate, we see you, and we appreciate you. you. Big part of filmmaking. Yeah. Big part. Especially if you have lots of extras, which I'm trying to think of a movie that I've seen recently that had this many extras. And I, I honestly can't. Um, I think it was different back in the day to have like hundreds of people, you know, show up, but it really, really added to it, especially with the new Orleans, um, location. But Mm -hmm. David, do you think this film aged like milk or is it still fresh? I think it's still fresh. You could put this movie out tomorrow, just updated clothes. I would say there's a lot of baggy (laughs) denim (laughs) in the wardrobes, but I think you put this movie out literally tomorrow with uh, maybe a couple updated picket signs and you're good. Yeah. See, I had the same thought, but I was like going to say it aged like milk because I feel like what it felt like for me was in this movie, they get justice. Okay. So like the president doesn't run again. It's like, blah, blah, blah. We literally had someone who incited an insurrection and he didn't get any. Still early though. Still early. But I think, you know, what would have been like a scandalous report coming out, you know, 30 years ago that we essentially, this movie leaves you with a feeling of like, Oh, the good guys are going to win. Right. Like this is going to happen. They're going to be prosecuted. And I just, I think maybe I'm just completely jaded, but I think that if a report came out now, it would be buried, you know, there would be, or there would be something else in the news the next day. And like, you know, Denzel Washington's character like is on this news and it's like, by now you've probably read the thing that shocked the thing and da 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 da. And it's like, now we've had literal videos of people doing fucked up shit and not getting in trouble. Right. So for me, well, they're getting arrested. Those people are getting picked up. People are getting picked up from like, chatting on bumble Mm. about being at the insurrection yeah uh i just maybe this is just me being jaded but i do think i agree with you this movie could come out tomorrow and it would be still so relevant but i think in this film the good guys in quotations win and the story like you know changes something and i think now maybe it would have so do you like movies like this that are so connected to reality I do like movies like this. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I need to practice being present in a slow burn movie, which I would say this movie is a little bit of a slow burn at times. Like, Mm -hmm. even though it's a thriller, uh, I do like movies like this. I do like questioning, you know, powerful people and all of that stuff. I guess I don't truly know enough about American politics to understand like, what the difference between the CIA and the FBI is and da, 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 you know, like that's my own sort of gaps in knowledge. And also like I come from a bunch of different countries. Like I've lived in a bunch of different countries. Not everything has to be about the Oval Office and the White House. Like there are other places that I think this would be interesting to like, you know, set this movie in like Russia or, you know, mm-hmm. other countries where things are happening. Um, but yeah, I do like these films. Do you like films yeah. like this? I do. Uh, there's a certain aspect to it that makes you tinge a little bit because mm. it's like this is hitting some of this is hitting close too to close home. to home yeah. yeah yeah and it's yeah so I like things that are pretty close or like almost I think it's important I'm glad you chose real. this movie I think it's important to watch films that make you question you know establishments and stuff like that 
because like you said, you know, it's not always that, you know, we've, it's a year later from the majority of the Black Lives Matter protests and there's still things happening. You know, there's still, mm-hmm. and not just that issue, there's still a lot of things going on that we should be aware of and be questioning and nobody that's in a political office is perfect. And it, it's yeah. important to hold people accountable. I mean, we hold each other accountable every day. You know, friends, people in the media. So We just got to keep doing that a little bit mm-hmm. for what you're mental capacity and uh stamina can handle even though we are going to be back to work and life's going to be back to normal yeah yeah we still need to keep an eye on some of the stuff that's wrong in the world and speak up people get distracted you know we're going back to festivals and we're getting outside with our friends and i think Mm -hmm. the reason so much came to a head last year was because we were home you know we were paying attention we were People had time. People had time, and we don't always have that luxury. So a movie like this is a timely reminder that it's okay to dig a little deeper, you know? Mm-hmm. And also to, if your car doesn't start immediately and makes a weird sound, maybe just, just get out yeah, for a Yeah, just walk. Yeah. Get some steps yeah. in. Call AAA. <laughs> they'll find the bomb. <laughs> you think they'll... I mean, you pay for that membership anyways. Yeah. You might as well yeah. get some use So I think it. my car actually has a bomb inside of it. And they're like, oh, that doesn't really... We're not, we don't cover that shit. So, yeah. No, I'm glad you chose it. And I think, again, like going back, I think it's great writing. I think the acting's incredible. I think that I should probably practice watching longer films you know i don't need to just be on my phone that's like a bad habit that i've gotten but yeah no because yeah, we we missed the little things yeah the devil's in the details and there were a lot of details in this film specifically you know all the different people and like just showing i think this movie showed like the corruption from the top down and you have these two unlikely heroes who are fighting the power so <laughs> we love that we love that storyline Yes, we do. Um, but yeah, no. Thanks for thanks for choosing it, David, and thanks everyone for listening. And you know, if you completely disagree with us, that's completely fine. You can email us at agelikemilkpodcast at gmail Find us on social media. You know, it's a dot. Hit us up on Twitter. Let's let's argue about yeah. stuff. Yeah, David, David's ready. <laughs> Got his Twitter fingers ready to go. <laughs> I'm just going to throw gifts at people. That's gifts? Really oh, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. it. I don't know. That's a millennial <laughs> thing. We're, we're getting, you know, I read that Gen Z doesn't believe in, in gifts or gifs as they were calling them, but I don't care. I still love it. Yeah. I mean, you know, our parents had knock knock humor or whatever. We have reaction <laughs> gifts. Fight me. Fight me, Gen Z. It's art. It's art. No, thanks, David. Um, shout out to the people that we highlighted, but, you know, overall, this movie was amazing loved it definitely recommend watching it but put your phone in the other room because you will try to pick it up because there are slow moments Mm -hmm. and stay tuned for our next film which i believe is should i say is is, is space truckers space truckers well we'll have two special guests it's gonna be a great conversation we never really throw to the next film because things change and people get busy but uh this one's pretty set so we're excited Um, Thank you, Paris. Thank you, David. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Mm -hmm. And we will catch you next time. Oh, you should check your fridge. And make sure that milk is not spoiled. It's gross. Milk is gross. And I almost forgot to say it. Sure is. (laughs) I almost forgot to say it, but I remembered. (laughs) She remembered. There she is. That's my girl. Um, (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
and we're clear. We're clear.